What is going on, everybody? Welcome in here to episode 162 of the Get After podcast. I'm joined today by Lauren Hassan. Uh, Lauren and I had a fun conversation uh, just to introduce Lauren, and <clears throat> I don't want to under-introduce her here. Um, she's, she was an awesome guest. We, we, we jammed. Uh, it's, it, it, was a, it was a fun episode, and Lauren also just launched her book at the beginning of the month here, um, which is the Developer Playbook. Lauren, Lauren's the founder of Developer, an award-winning career development program. It's empowered thousands of women in tech to get ahead, stand out, and earn more in their careers. Uh, she's also worked; she works full time uh, in uh, in tech herself. Um, by day, she's an accomplished software engineer uh, at a leading Silicon Valley payments company, where she is an architect of their voice payment system and messaging capabilities. And, and as frankly, she's chiefly responsible for all of the application security systems. And through Develop Her, she's partnered with top tech companies like Google, Dell, Intuit, uh, and more. And she's worked with top universities like Indiana and Tufts to bridge the gender gap in leadership, opportunity, pay, and tech for good, right? Um, additionally, she's been invited to the United Nations to collaborate with the Global Equals uh, Initiative to bridge the global gender divide in technology. There's so many more things that we can do and we can jam on here. She talks about she has many courses available available for, for, for purchase and to go through where she talks about raising your salary. She talks about just so many things that are applicable to both men and women, but it's specifically geared towards women and really showing them how to, frankly get ahead in a world that is tilted a little bit. And we're in a great time in history because things are really starting to ramp up where, I mean, maybe I speak for my generation where I don't think we care who gets the results. As we're coming out of this, the last 50 to 100 and so many more years where people really cared how you looked, what you did, how you acted, all these things, it really just comes down to now, it's like, how do you get results? And I think Lauren's at the forefront of this. She gets results not only in the work that she does, but also in the people she helps and serves. And um, I'm so excited to welcome in the author of the Developer Playbook, Five Simple Steps to Get Ahead, Stand Out, Build Your Value, and Advocate for Yourself as a Woman in Tech, Ms. Lauren Hassan. Let's bring her in. What is going on, everybody? Welcome in to another episode of the Get After Podcast. Uh, Y'all, I got a fun one today. Um, my guest is my guest. Excuse me, is Lauren Hassan, and I, I, we're, we're going to be discussing a couple of really cool topics. But this is frankly, we're 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 going to do a broad overview because when I told Lauren, this is my expectation, this is my idea. Um, she's about to launch a book, so it's just an awesome opportunity for me to connect with her and jam about not only the focus of the book and kind of where she's headed, but she has had such a really cool career, and I want to talk a little bit about how she's done the things that she's done. And frankly, we, we had an opportunity to connect. And on that call, I'm going to hopefully take a lot of that and get, and get it out of her again on this call for the Get After It audience. And you know, Lauren, 70% uh, of her audience is about under the age or so of 27, people who are just getting started either in corporate or they're entrepreneurs. They're looking for an edge though and where they're headed. And I think, I think we're about to go off. I'm so stoked I could go in so many different directions with this. Lauren, Welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for your time. Thank you. I'm super excited to be here. And look, you know, when I started over, I was I was in my late 20s and I was starting over and that that's where actually my journey begins in, in the book. 
Uh, so, you know, if people are under the age 27, this is perfect. Uh, you know, if you're over the age 27, I've got you too, but it's right up your alley. You know, we've had these, I, I think back, um, we had this moment, um, actually, I just, I, I was journaling on this uh, the other day, um, a couple of years back where I was, I was in, uh, I was leading a, a, a division, uh, so I was leading the company at 21, I had a seven person executive team, 25 person leadership team, uh, 150 team members, we were, it was a painting business, and we, it was a multi-million dollar business, and all of the great things that come with it, uh, yet I was, I was legitimately fulfilled by that work. I was miserable in my personal life, right? I was, I was, I was over 300 pounds. I was, um, I, I didn't have friends outside of work and it, and it burnt myself out with that capacity. One of the things that I'm excited to talk to you about is you've, you mentioned that you, you had this restart moment and you, you, you learn from some of your previous kind of setbacks and those, those things that actually led into, and let me, let me get the book out here. We just talked about it in the intro here, but it's the developer playbook, five simple steps to get ahead, stand out, build your value and advocate for yourself as a woman in tech. Now, a lot of this stuff though, is going to be applicable to virtually anybody, but you have a specific passion around helping women, women in tech, which I absolutely love. And we're going to get to that. I want to, with all that context, Lauren, would you mind um, sharing the audience just a little bit of a brief synopsis on yourself going through that big reset moment in your late 20s and what that led you to so our audience can truly appreciate the, the guests we have today? Because I'm so stoked that you volunteered some time for our podcast audience. You bet. You bet. Uh, yeah, so so I so I graduated with a degree in tech, but had gone a completely different direction after some less than, let's just call them less than stellar college internships. So they kind of threw me in a closet and said, don't talk to anyone. And I said, you know, I, I don't think I can do this for my career. So I, I'd gone a completely different direction. I had gone into investment banking, finance, entrepreneurship. And ultimately after about seven years, found myself at a complete career dead end. And unfortunately this also coincided with the great recession. Uh, and so I know a lot of people are probably feeling in a similar situation right now. Hey, they've been doing a number of things by themselves for years, you know, it's the pandemic. And that was me nine years ago. It was, it was the end of the great recession. My, my business had gone under with that. And I found myself really without uh, what I say, zero marketable skills. I mean, I say zero tech skills, but really zero marketable skills. No one was giving me credit for, for building my first company. Um, they were saying you had to start over. I had zero network uh, or relevant network and I had zero job prospects. I was not even able to find a job uh, working minimum wage. It was just that bad of an economy. And I took a number of steps uh, investing in myself, hired a career coach to help me figure out what to do next. And the assessment that she had me take said, oh yeah, you should be developing software, which theoretically nailed it because I had the degree, but my tech skills were over seven years outdated, Aaron. And, and when, let me put this in context for you. When I graduated with my degree, not only did the iPhone not exist, the Razor didn't even exist yet. And SMS text messaging wasn't even a thing. It was like multiple presses on one key to get different letters. That That's how archaic my skills were. And what I did is I, I took action I, I, I started to relearn my tech skills through a number of, of steps I share in the book and, and got one yes. And that one yes changed my life. 
I didn't have 10 yeses. I had one. And it was a, it wasn't even that great of a yes. It was a yes for, we're going to let you come in. We're going to give you 90 days to teach yourself iOS and to prove that we should keep you. And I, I got, I remember I was terrified. I was terrified that I would give it my all and that my all wouldn't be enough. And I remember doing the math going, if I make it 60 days, that's better than 60 days on unemployment because my credit cards were maxed out, no money in my bank account. It was unemployment in me, baby. You know, that's what I was relying on. And I stepped out. I, I had all kinds of fear, but I stepped out. And not only did I survive that 90 day period, but within two years, I had managed to absolutely thrive. And I was top of field. I had, bear with me for a second, just to put this in context, I went from nothing, zero, ugly crying on my couch. Two years later, I had won the company-wide award at a major international mobile app agency four times. I had worked on some of the biggest name apps out there for major television networks and hotel brands. My work had been featured in Apple's iOS keynote as a launch partner. And that was my app next to Twitter and Facebook and PayPal. I had won major international hackathons, including the South by Southwest International Hackathon, won that two years in a row. And I was one of a hundred tech innovators invited to attend the UKJ Innovation Conference to present ideas to the United Nations on how to bridge the gender, the, the global gender gap in STEM. And with everything that I'd done, I was regularly getting recruited by the likes of Google and Apple and Facebook. And I had gone from literally rock bottom to top of field in just two short years. And now, now I'm living, as you know, I'm living out how I define success. In addition to being the founder of developer, I also work full time in tech myself. And I, I live in Dallas great affordable city to live in. And I work remotely for a Silicon Valley payments company. So I'm getting West coast pay to live in an affordable Dallas and I'm living out how I define success. And I founded developer to help not initially women in tech, because that's who I am. And I wanted to help other people like me, but so much more. I mean, men, people who aren't in tech, get ahead, stand out and earn more money. And that's what the book is all about is how do you get ahead? How do you become more valuable? Um, because I needed that roadmap and my kind of mission in life is to be the change that I want to see in the world. Mike drop introduction. You know, one thing that you just stood out, I love the, the one, one yes can change your lifeline because it's so true in the sense of, uh, when we, when we look at avenues, one thing that was fascinating to me with COVID was when everybody was channeled back inside and they, they weren't able to do anything outside. It was all external. We actually all went back to channels that were pre-built, whether it was your social media channels, whether it was your network channels, your email channels, it was all the information that you had already built up and the context you had already built up was now, that was, that was basically the world that we had. We didn't have anything externally. And I think in terms of like, when you're, when you are at the rock bottom moment, what it really comes down to is doubling down on, on people. It's finding people that are going to do to do to do one of two things. One is open a door for you, or two, they're going to challenge you. And they're going to make you better at where you're at, or whatever the case would be. Well, so so I'll I'll even double down on that, and I'll say it's a numbers game, just like networking. I I have success that I have today, not because I got lucky. It's because I kissed a lot of frogs. Is the way I say it, is the way sure. I put it. I 
I take so many calls Mm -hmm. and so many of them are just complete flops, complete failures. But every now and then I strike gold and I strike gold, not because I got lucky. It's because I took a hundred calls and one turned out to be a great, great opportunity. I mean, it's, it's how I found really great jobs uh, to build my career uh, because I, I took interviews that other people wouldn't show up for, but I took them. Um, and I, I found the diamonds in the rough, um, you know, with developer, I showed up at a lot of events. I, I, yeah, I, I, I'm speaking this, this next, this next week to Google's international women's day event to over 10,000 women. Well, I was showing up at events, speaking to audiences of two people when I first started, and now I'm speaking to an audience of 10,000 women internationally to, to launch my book. And, and that's what a lot of people don't see is they, they see the, I took a call or I got the one opportunity to change my life. Mm-hmm. And that's part of what I, by platform with developers, I, I call it peeling back the curtain. Let me show you behind the curtain. Let me tell you about those 99 calls that I, that I did take where they completely ghosted me mm-hmm. or they, they, they told me it wasn't worth it. And, and it's, it's interesting that you, you picked up on that because that's my forward is written by the editor-in-chief of uh, IEEE Women in Engineering Magazine. She, she's a big wig in, in the women in tech space. She opens the forward with one le- one yes can change your life. And, and, and look, I read that to this day for me because I need to constantly remind myself that I don't need 10 yeses. I need the one key yes. Mm. There's a lot that we can go go towards. I, I really want to. I do want to discuss um, women in tech because this is this is a huge thing that is the is the is the focus and the mission that you are on. Um, but if we can, let's let, let let's save that for a few questions down the line. Let, let's keep going with this because I, I think. Uh, by the way, congratulations on on your book. Um, uh, I know we're we're recording technically pre-launch, but it's already hit number one new release on Amazon as of today, uh, as of recording this. Uh, I want to ask you though. Uh, let, let's literally talk about one of the first things that you're talking on the book, which is wipe out nagging self-doubt, self-doubt, defeat imposter syndrome, and recognize your full potential. Because what I hear when you're when you're discussing this is like, we need the one yes, and it's just, you got to go knock on the doors and show up. I, that's always my joke with politicians, right? Nobody likes our politicians in the world. Like everyone, like everyone's disappointed by our leadership, but the world isn't ran by the best suited position people for exposition, that doesn't happen anywhere. It's ran by the people who show up for the opportunities yep. that are available to them. What is, and I would say is probably the, that's actually not the question. The question I would, I, I want to have you actually go in on how do you eliminate what is that self-nagging self-doubt, that, that imposter syndrome that, that does hold people back from showing up where you're right, they may get the door slammed in their face nine out of 10 times, but it's that 10th time, that 20th time, that 40th time that's gonna make all the difference. How do you get through those? Look, you, yeah. So, so, so the secret is you're never gonna get past what I call imposter syndrome, that nagging self-doubt. The way you get past it is by sh- taking small actions, not figuring out how am I gonna, you know, if you're getting presented with a new job opportunity and you feel imposter syndrome, it's not figuring out how are you gonna succeed in the job, it's, okay, how do I need to succeed with the next step in front of me? What's, you know, if, it, if it's an interview process, it, let me focus on hitting it out of the park with the next interview, or, you know, the fir- let me succeed in the first week at the job. Um, and then that, you know, that builds confidence and confidence compounds and 
that confidence compounding translates into, you know, minimizing the imposter syndrome. And, and look, this is something I face myself. I, I can, I consistently have to apply that methodology to overcome my own imposter syndrome. And it was something I discovered early on when I, I started developer with just a podcast. It, it is, it's funny, it's funny that you mentioned imposter syndrome because I had imposter syndrome. I didn't think anyone would care about what I had to say because I, because I compared myself to Sheryl Sandberg. I'm like, I'm not a Facebook executive. Why would anyone care what me, Lauren Hassan, frontline engineer has to say? And so I started off with a single podcast by interviewing other women in tech who were more impressive, the, the executives, because I thought, okay, no one cares about me, but maybe they'll care about them. And two things came from it. One, I was really surprised to learn from these women executives that they have imposter syndrome and they compare themselves to other people where they feel they're not enough. So it's not just anyone who's starting out, women, at, women and men at the top also feel imposter syndrome. Every single time you level up, you're gonna feel it. And then the other thing that came from that is I was shocked to learn that people actually cared about my story even more because I was willing to be honest about being, uh, having imposter syndrome and what it, what it really took to get ahead. And, and that's what all of developer success has been based on is me saying, Hey, here's who I am. Here's what I struggle with. And here's how I've gotten through it. Mm-hmm. So everyone deals with it, which, which doesn't doesn't surprise me. I, I think most people wouldn't be surprised by that, but then I think that the, the, the bigger surprise is actually that it's coming from people who have ascended through top companies and who are women. Can we actually, we might be able to use this as an opportunity to talk about this in the sense that, um, you know, the, the, the owner of uh, the prior company I worked with, I ran franchise of that painting business. His, uh, uh, his wife was, uh, 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 I remember she, she sat me down she didn't sit me down. What am I talking about? We were at dinner uh, with a big group of us. And, and, and she said something that stuck with me where she just said, you know, everyone is an actor. No matter the circumstance, you are, you have your own motive. You have your own role as to where you are headed. Everyone's an actor and they're playing the role that you think that they think will be the, that will help them get to wherever it is that they're headed and it's a subconscious level that we're even doing it, right? And we're not talking about even motives of like a goal to sell X amount of books or, or do, that's just an example, because we're both, me aspiring author, you just got it done. You know, we have those bigger goals that we're looking towards, but there's also the smaller and the more subtle ones, the friendship goals, whatever it is. We're yep. constantly looking at those other external um, impulses or, or goals. How do we find peace within though first? Because don't, isn't that the first thing you got to do if you're actually going to go through and put in the reps and build it in to be able to, I guess really the question is like, how do you enable yourself? And maybe you could uh, shed some light on this from your podcast interviews. What is the first step to building confidence in yourself to be able to do these things? Acknowledging the fact that everybody deals with it. Where do you go from actually saying like, you know what, I am good enough for this. What are the things that you can practice daily? Is there anything you could share with the audience in that sense to help build confidence to be able to go do those things? Absolutely. So, so I talk about micro commitments and, and you know, small actions mm. and I get really nerdy and I talk about the coefficients of friction and, you know, in, in physics, the coefficient of static friction is greater than the coefficient of kinetic friction, which in layman's terms means it takes more energy to get something from rest to moving than it does to keep something that's already moving, moving. So your big, the way that translates to us is 
the biggest effort on your part is to go from zero action to a action. And then once you've started moving, it's easy to keep that going. And in fact, you build momentum to keep moving. And, and so what I, you know, I favor action and that's actually the first tenant, the first tenant of the framework that I, that I share in the book is you've got to decide, Hey, it's on me. No one else can get me moving. I have to take action, step up, show up and ask over and over again, no matter how small even just the smallest action gets you moving and mm -hmm. then it's easier to move it. And what I have, you know, for everyone who buys the book, I have a free down, a free gift download. It's my developer digital at a girl journal. And it's the way to track your accomplishments. So not only what you did and the feedback you got on it, but I also layer in reflection on, well, how was I feeling at the time? Mm -hmm. did, did I feel like this was overwhelming? Did I feel unqualified? And then they're built in reflections to come back and over time, you know, quarterly or annually, you come back and you go, oh, wow, like a year ago, this seemed hard to me. And oftentimes we forget and you read your feelings and reflections. You're like, that's so easy to me now. Well, Aaron, that's called growth. Yeah. And so that's what's so important is that and then I found in my own career in personal life is that I found documenting and then reflecting on that growth really helps build that confidence. And look, I'm an engineer. So that's why I build tools like this to, to help right. me mechanisms that way. And so I, you know, no, number one, taking action and just doing something, anything gets you moving. And then from there you can iterate and then two, documenting and reflecting on it. And that's how I build the confidence. Mm. I want to go, if we could, one more layer deeper on that and then let's let's kind of transition sure. to everything that's going on now um on the uh, in in the book and actually we really are just focused in on the book here um you you, you you're talking a lot and there's a couple of things where we're talking about not only building a reputation within a company as being known for a specific thing but also how do you become the standout employee to really build and catapult your you catapult your career we have a lot of entrepreneurs who listen to this podcast but we also, we, we have high performers at every level, people who are looking to get an edge. And to me, this screams how to get the edge in an organization. Absolutely. You're going to get there. You want to reflect a little bit uh, and kind of share with our audience specifically, if we could, on why is it important? I'll go maybe a little different from where you probably thought I was going to go with it. Why is it important at all to aim high in an organization? Why is it important to be able to go in and, and try to try to build something up for yourself and try to actually serve others in that capacity? And this might be more of a personal question for you. Why do you think you, you, you were able to uh, identify that this is something you wanted to do in the first place? And why was it important to understand that when things got tough, you know, and when you, were, when you got hit with the setbacks and uh, unexpected circumstances or whatever the case? Yeah. So I, I'm a big, I'm a big follower of Tony Robbins and, you know, the two, two biggest primary, you know, values and needs are that are the highest level are, are growth and contribution. Um, and, and growth is, is really helps you be fulfilled and it's all about fulfillment. Um, mm -hmm. and, and for me having a higher calling and something that, that you're, that you're growing towards like if you're not growing, you're atrophying. You're, you know, you're not just saying the thing. You're actually atrophying. From so for me, it's all about what what drives growth and fulfillment. Um, and you know, being visible and having that edge within an organization gives you a meaningful goal to 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 grow and progress to. And, and that 
that that for me gives life meaning that's really good and what was the key when did you when did you recognize that this was uh that what you had done was you mentioned within the just the two-year turnaround that you give was it was it at the two-year mark that you noticed that you were that you that that, that that things were moving like when did you feel the momentum around like oh wow this is unique like oh a- wow um that's a great question um and it's something that I have not been great at is pausing to really reflect on what I've done. Uh, for me, in my mind, I've never done it. I, I haven't done enough. I'm not there yet. Um, I'm always comparing myself to someone that really, I realistically shouldn't be comparing myself to. Like I'll compare myself to Oprah or Brendan Burchard or someone like that, which realistically, probably not a fair, fair comparison. You know, I'm working full time doing this on the side and self-funded and only for three years. So I, you know, but every, every now and then I'll go to like my website and I'll, I'll look at like, wow, like, look how far it's come. Cause I remember mm-hmm. being one and, and like what it was like back then. I mean, developer wasn't originally called developer. It was originally called engineer your comeback <laughs> and it's gone through multiple iterations. So every now and then I'll take, take a moment to pause and really reflect on, oh, wow, this is, this is what I've done. Um, and I, I think I started to realize I was onto something once I started winning a number of awards. Um, and I think the one that really resonated with me is I was a finalist for United Nations Prize for, for women in leadership. And that's hard to, that I, I was one of five internationally that was recognized for that. And that, that gave me pause. It was like, okay, that's, that's different that I got that seat at the table. Mm. Mm. So mm, that's it. I love, I love that. Can we, can we actually move into, um, you mentioned it's gone through all these iterations and kind of the work that you do. Uh, can you give us a little bit behind the scenes in terms of the, the, the community that you've built out in ter- that, that, that empowers women in tech and it really, it's almost not even so much empowers really brings community and brings, brings, brings resources to the front forefront. Can you bring a, bring us a little bit up to speed on, on, on that kind of development, where that started, where it's at today, where you oh, it's, it's been a journey. Uh, so, so it started off with engineer your comeback. And it started off with a podcast and here I started off with a podcast because I don't like to write, which is ironic that I now have a best-selling book <laughs> and that, but, but, I, but I started off with a podcast because someone I knew was starting a podcast and he showed me how easy it was to produce. And I was like, oh, I can do that. Um, and I didn't want to write. So I thought I can talk anyone's ear off. And then I didn't think anyone would care about what I had to say. So I cold called ex- women executives and got them on my podcast. Well, as soon as I did a pre-recorded number of episodes, and as soon as I launched within about 48 hours, I was getting contacted by a top women in tech conference going, Hey, can, you know, you look interesting. We would love, we need someone to entertain over lunch for 20 minutes do you have anything you can speak about? And I was shocked at like, whoa, someone actually wants to hear my story. Um, and so I was spitballing and I was like, well, there's this, you know, I can tell this entertaining story about how I was hitting it out of the park at, you know, at my, at my tech job. And I found out that a male peer had been hired at 50% more than me. Mm-hmm. I got mad, went out and did something about it, learned to negotiate and tripled my salary in two years. And I can tell women how I did it. Well, that was, and by the way, this talk didn't even exist yet. 
well, I went from entertaining over lunch to becoming the keynote opening speaker for the event. And that, and it was one of the highest rated sessions they've ever had. So then uh, based on that, I said, okay, well, let me develop an in-depth course and membership. Um, so I developed that out. And then um, the conferences, the people, the people that had me speak said, we want you back. You were so great. Do you have more content? And out of that was, I didn't think it was me possible to, to beat, how do you make more money? But that's where I came up with the, my zero to hero program, which was how did I, the five simple things that I did to get ahead and go from rock bottom to top of field, which is what the book is based on. That was even more popular. Um, and so Google has brought me in multiple times. This is the third time they're bringing me in. Um, and so I've worked with top top tech companies, top universities have a large following, uh, you know, of women and men in tech. And so it's just been multiple iterations every year. I mean, I, I, I still have screenshots from some of the earliest websites, you know, where the podcast was the big deal. And now, now the podcast is buried at the bottom of my homepage. And I've actually even thought about removing it from the website because I have so much going on. So it really has, it's been highly iterative. I've learned a lot of really valuable lessons, uh, you know, to where that's why I'm able to launch a successful book right now is because I've, 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 I've learned the hard way how not to do things over the course of running developer. Mm, mm. There's so many different directions I could go with that. Let's, uh, for, for our audience, I'm interested to hear some of the negotiating ideals that you had that like, how I, I hear that. So three times your salary gets raised in, in, in a two-year span. No, no, no. It didn't get raised. I tripled my base salary. And that additional amount of money was six figures. There's a big difference between getting a raise three times and getting a hundred over $100,000 more annually. Huge. No, it's huge. It's huge. I appreciate you correcting me on that. Can you walk us into to what was the difference between the first and the third time that you did it? And, and what's kind of the system? Could you share? Could you give us a little behind? Yeah, so I learned a lot through the trial of trial and error, trying new things, failing horribly, and then, you know, dusting myself off, picking myself back up and trying again. Uh, so I'm, I am, I'm an engineer. I ground myself in data. I don't get emotional. I try not to get emotional about it. I should say, um, there's always a little bit of emotion in it, but I try to ground myself, you know, in pure numbers and rational data and know without a fact, you know, exactly how much I'm worth, have leverage data for me, but it's also, you know, not putting all your eggs in one basket and having options, um, understanding where you have leverage and, and, and really knowing where you fit in within the organization. Um, and I, I, I have a three and a half, four hours of content all around negotiating, um, mm -hmm. that, that I have available online, but you know, it, it, there, there really is a method to the madness and I've helped. I mean, I got a lot more, I have women who've gone out and negotiated $80,000 more in a single negotiation. Um, based on the content. So this isn't, I'm not, I'm the results I'm getting for women and, and men too, is not, you know, one or $2,000 difference. It's, you know, five figures at yeah. least sometimes even six. Yeah, absolutely. What are some resources that people you we could guide somebody to, to actually get more? Cause I realize that's a, it's a huge question in terms of the, the, the approach to it. And it's, it's personalized, right? It depends on the it depends on the circumstance, right? As to how Absolutely. And I cover that specifically. So I have an entire online course 
uh, I didn't come on the, the, the show to promote the course, but you know, certainly if that's something that's a resource, go to develop her D E V E L O P H E R.com. There's a section for individuals there. Um, and I have a, an online course. It's, it's 497 and it comes with, you know, money back guarantee. I mean, it will pay for itself. It's one of the best investments you can make uh, to teach you step-by-step how to, how to negotiate and, this is something I, I license to corporations and universities alike, and I've made it available to, to individuals as well. Love it. Love it. This has been so much fun so far. Uh, I, we, you, you've been awesome volunteering your time, Lauren. Uh, you're fantastic too, Aaron. <laughs> you, yo, you're going into this time, though, uh, of, uh, of your, your book launch and everything's crazy going into this. You got these presentations coming up. Uh, what, what are you most excited about right now? What gets you going? What gets you out of bed in the morning? I'm excited about the scale. Um, you know, before, you know, I'm limited by how many people I can see in a presentation. Um, yeah. the book really helps me get something at scale. And that that's part of my mission with developers to make this affordable and accessible. There, there are coaches out there who can help you for, you know, five, ten thousand dollars. Not everyone has that. And that that's why I've tried to make the the course at an affordable price point you know, 497 with a money back guarantee. But even then I found a lot of people don't even have that they're living paycheck to paycheck. And so for me, the answer was I'm going to put some of my best work in the book format, you know, and that's a 1999 book for print, which is my personal favorite. There are a lot of fun design elements in the print book. Um, and then if you, that's not affordable, you know, there, there's the 999 Kindle book and, and that makes it something that, that everyone can get access to it. And so it's my hope that I have a global footprint after this and that, that I'm helping millions of, of women and men get ahead and build their value and really, really stand in their value and earn what they're worth. So it, it really did it begin as a, it really started as like, we, we, we have a, cause we, we've talked, we talked on this as like, it is a it isn't, it, it's a really strange challenge that we have because in my opinion, from what I've seen, I think women are better in tech for, in a lot of ways than men are, but it's totally lopsided. And, and tech is, I know, very a broad statement that we're saying there, but but we are, we're getting more and more women into engineering roles, into some of these, some of these very, not only high paying, but high skill, high demand, which have been historically male, male dominated industries and roles. But as you've been making an impact on this, what, you're, what you've really uncovered is a lot of principles and things that anybody can learn from. Absolutely. Where do you think, where do you think this is, uh, where do you think things are headed? Are we getting, are we on the right trajectory in terms of aligning uh, people with what they are like actually like supposed to be doing? Uh, it does not matter what your sex is and where you're going for that or where are we headed in this? Are you optimistic for where we're headed and in, in the direction? In I'm very encouraged. I mean, the, the number of resources out there, the, the people that, you know, the, the success stories I'm hearing about with developer, you know, having more role models, you know, I started off as one and now I've got thousands of women who've had their own success stories and that just multiplies itself and its impact. And there's a ripple effect. So I'm definitely right. Love it. I love it. All right. Um, you've been super generous. I have, I'm going to hit you with a couple of just a rapid fire to close things out. A couple quick questions here. Um, if you could think back to, 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 to one moment that, that fueled your, your, you, you and where you are at today and some of the work that you have, um, it probably was that as we, as you mentioned at the top of this, the rock bottom moment that you faced for someone who's right now feeling really great, 
they're striding, they're in their moment, they're in their phase, whatever the case is. What advice do you have for them to not only stay at the top of their game, but to reach a higher level? There, there is always more out there for you. And look, I need to hear that just as much as some of other people do, you know, keep going while you have the momentum, you know, it, I think, I think actually now that I think about it, remember it's a marathon, not a sprint. Um, and that once you've got that momentum, keep that going, but make sure you're taking care of yourself. Um, and that's something that I've learned the hard way is that if you don't take care of yourself, you're not able to sustain it. And so you've got to be able to sustain it. Mm, great, great answer. Great answer. Okay. What are, what are some, uh, what are some daily, daily activities somebody can do to be able to build their skill, build their person, uh, I was supposed to say personality, but it's really their traits. Like the, the, the way that they go about their business, the soft skills, as some would say, right. What are some practices or some things that people can use that are going to help them in building rapport, building relationships, building communication? Yeah. So I just get on LinkedIn, start reaching out to people inside in conversations, ask, you know, I, I, it's not a daily thing, but more like a weekly thing, connect with one new person a week, yeah. you know, have, have a virtual coffee with them when the world reopens, go out to coffee with them. You know, it, it's not that I built my network overnight. It's that I built it gradually over time, but the, the network got more and more powerful. And, and it, got, it honestly got really easy. I mean, I have a ton of leverage on LinkedIn. i I barely spend any time investing in it because I built so much momentum. Yes, this is good. All right, fi final one for you, and I'm going to let you go because you've been so awesome volunteering your time with us. Uh, Lauren, what for you? Um, what is going to what is going to define success for for the book launch and where you're headed? Ooh, I'd like to reach a million copies. I think that's a big, big, hairy, audacious goal. Um, but I would like to, to see that. And I mean, my, my crazy goal is to get a meeting with Melinda Gates and Oprah. Um, I will track them down. I will send them a book and then the rest is in the universe's hands, but you know, really, really reaching a lot of people. This was a lot of fun, Lauren. And that's a really, I love it. I think you're, I, I think, I think you're on pace for it. This will be fun. Well, Whether it's a hockey stick, right? It'll start out, we'll get some momentum and then it's just, it's only going to keep going with your brand and with your impact. I really appreciate you taking some time with us. I'd love to follow up with you later on this year. Let us know where things are headed. Uh, we'd love to have you back on the show, Lauren. What an awesome time. Thanks so much. Thanks so much. Yo, yo, you made it to the end of the podcast. Congratulations. I really hope this was um, I hope this was a fun one for you. We love uh, these interviews. So if this was something that was profound, it hit you hard, share this with a friend. We don't monetize the podcast in any way, shape, or form. This is uh, strictly for personal development and growth. And frankly, it's a passion project of my own. So um, I really appreciate you all for not only taking the time to, to listen, but uh, in helping build this show. Uh, if it impacted you, the best way that you can help us and you can expand the Get After message is to share this with someone who needs it, uh, to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, um, and to just, again, like share the word, like share this with your friends, share this with people who uh, could be impacted by this. And special, special thanks to our guest today. And with all that being said, I really hope this episode and the daily ones as well are helping you get after it in your life, work, business, whatever it is that you're rolling with. Let's roll. Let's get after it. Make it a great one. Talk soon.